0: You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. I think you can open your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 16. We'll probably get there in a couple of minutes. I'm going to continue. Um, What's it been? It's probably been three weeks, I guess, since I was teaching. we start talking about the power of revelation talk about talking about revelation knowledge, and what that is 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 um, knowledge that the Holy Spirit imparts to us and and we may get to a definition a better definition today, but basically the Spirit of God has come to reveal God first of all to us to reveal who Jesus is, who the Father is uh, and those are uh, the difference between functioning in revelation knowledge and just functioning in intellectual knowledge is that you know there there are just a lot of believers and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. There are a lot of believers that go through their whole Christian life. They're born again. They're you know they're saved. They love the Lord, but just building up knowledge of Bible doctrine that's a good thing, but that's not revelation. Revelation is something that the Spirit of God gives. The word in the Scripture means something that was previously hidden being unveiled. I mean, it's as simple as that, but it can only happen by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is sent to bring revelation to us. And we looked at some foundational Scriptures on that a few weeks ago. I'm sure you can get the CD or uh, the podcasts are up or the YouTube video or whatever, however you like to do that. We laid some foundation for this. But honestly, I, I feel like if we're not tapping into that aspect of the Holy Spirit's ministry to us, we're really missing a huge part of our life in God. And uh, what we'll probably get to, I've got a list of characteristics uh, of revelation knowledge, how it's different from just intellectual knowledge. But a lot of us, just you know, well-meaning people have designed discipleship programs and Bible study programs and various things that are primarily... Uh, built around scripture memorization or learning a set of principles, and that kind of thing. And again, it's not that that's bad. It's just that we have something greater than that available to us through the Holy Spirit. We should be tapping into every part of the Holy Spirit's ministry to us. Jesus, talk, read John chapter 14, 15, and 16. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He spends a lot of time talking about that he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And he said that the Holy Spirit is another. He's going to send another counselor or comforter or advocate or guide. There are a number of words that go into describing the, the term that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit. And that word another, I'm going to send another, it means from the Greek language, it means another just like me. There's a whole different word in the Greek that means Another of another kind, another of a different kind. This one means another exactly like me. The Holy Spirit is the one working in the earth today. And we need to receive from every aspect of his ministry. And it's a broad ministry to us. And this revelation knowledge thing is just one aspect of that. But I, it's something we need to be hungry for. It's something we should desire. The Lord can bring you, he can open the scriptures to you and impart them into your heart in a way that absolutely changes your life. You come out of that lifestyle of uh, looking at a set of principles that, you know, sorry. Jesus never intended us for, to live our Christian life as a moral code that can be written on the wall, and then we try to do it. We try to live up to this moral standard. We try to, in our own power, live up to this set of ideas. We try to, we grab a truth out of the Bible. Okay, that's great, God. Now I'm going to go out and I'm going to try and be that. I'm going to try and do that. He never intended for us to live that way. He intended for us to live with the Spirit of God on the inside of us, changing us inwardly so that what we live, the fruit that we bear comes from our heart, from the inside, from a changed person. He has made us new. And now the Holy Spirit is working that new, that new person that you became the moment you were born again, the moment you gave your life to Jesus, you became a new creature in Christ. And now the Holy Spirit is working in us to bring that new to the outside. So that we live differently, we act differently, we think differently, we think completely differently. Has anybody else noticed that God thinks different than you do? He has a completely different perspective on things, but he wants to give it to us. That happens as he reveals himself, as he reveals truth, as he reveals things about life, As He and, and these things come by the Spirit to your spirit. It's not about adding up intellectual knowledge. And again, I'm I'm not against that. Obviously, memorizing verses is a great place to start, but you've got to move from memorizing Bible verses, for example, this is just an example, to meditating Bible verses in the presence of God. You've got to spend some time in worship. Go into your devotional prayer and, and with a time of worship, with a time, get connected with the Lord, and then yeah, begin to munch on the scriptures that He has brought up in your heart. Begin to chew through them. Begin to revolve them in your heart, and watch the Holy Spirit change you and bring application to your life. It's an it's an amazing thing. So let's go over. Did you find Matthew chapter sixteen? Let's go over there. Really don't have much time this morning, so we'll uh, just look at a couple things and leave it wherever we have to leave it. Matthew chapter sixteen. I guess we'll just start here in in verse 15. You know, you know the story here. Jesus came in and uh he asked his disciples. They came into a certain region. It was named after a Caesar. There was there was uh there was a it was named after this person there in this region where this person's name and his reputation and all that is kind of all over the the land, essentially, if I can say it that way. And Jesus comes in and he, he asks this question of his disciples. He says, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And I've always thought this was fascinating because we could go out in the street today and ask the same question and we'd get all kinds of answers. Who do you think Jesus is? Oh, he's a he was a good teacher. Oh, he didn't exist at all. Oh, he was a good man. Oh, he was this, he was that. And, and so that's what he asked his disciples. And they gave him a couple of ideas. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're, you know, uh, one of the Old Testament prophets. Some say this. Some say you're John the Baptist raised from the dead. People have all these opinions. And then he asked him, he said, but who do you, and that's a plural you, who do you, my disciples, say that I am? All right, who do you say that I am? Peter speaks up. Simon Peter, the man's name was Simon. Jesus nicknamed him Peter. We'll see that in a minute. Peter uh, steps up. Sorry, I'm changing versions here. And he says, you are the Christ or the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus' response to him is, blessed are you Simon, son of Jonah. That was his name. His father's name was Jonah. He was known as Simon, son of Jonah. And Jesus comes and he says, you're blessed because man did not reveal, this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. Okay, get that. Peter received revelation knowledge And Jesus says, you're blessed. And that that word blessed there means to be enveloped in God's favor. To be marked by fullness from God. Get this, to live in a hope and satisfaction that is completely independent from natural circumstances. To live in a hope and a satisfaction that's completely independent of natural circumstances. To be highly favored of God to be enveloped in God's favor. That's what Jesus was saying over him why? Because he received revelation of who Jesus was. That's what happened here. He he had a revelation in his heart and that's exactly what Jesus says the Father revealed this to you. That word revealed means to uncover something that though it already existed was not previously known or perceived. All right, Jesus didn't become the Christ, the Son of the Living God. When Peter figured it out, something was already there. That's who he was. But this thing was revealed. People didn't know it. People hadn't gotten it. But through the through the Spirit of God, through, from the Father comes this revelation to Peter. And Jesus says, "Because you received that revelation from the Father, this brings blessing to your life." And He goes on. I want to read some more of this this morning. I hadn't really planned on it, but I think we should. He says. Verse 17, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. All right. And I know we've talked about this many times, but there are always uh, people that may not have heard this, or we need to think about it again. Jesus uses a play on words here in the in the Greek, in the Aramaic, and in the Hebrew. Whatever uh, original text you're looking at, there's a play on words here. He essentially what we would call nicknames Simon Peter. The word that he used means a it means a rock, but it means a small detached piece of rock. It can be anywhere from the size of a pebble to maybe the size of like a soccer ball, but it's a small, detached, movable, usable piece of rock. He says, this is who you are. Why? Because you received revelation. Now you're usable. Now you're movable. Now you have a nature on the inside of you. And he says, and on this rock, he uses a different word. He uses the Greek word petra, which is a huge immovable, like an outcropping, a cliff face. Or uh, the way the Passion Translation says it is, Well, let me back up. What he's talking about there when Jesus says, and on this rock I will build my church, he's not saying on Peter, and I know some of us were taught that growing up, that's just not what he said. He is is talking about Peter's revelation and confession of Jesus as the Christ. And essentially what he says there, the Passion gets it really good. It says, and this confession, this understanding and confession of Jesus as the Christ will become the bedrock on which the church is built. So the other thing about that is, so here Peter receives a revelation. Jesus says to him, you're favorite of the Lord. You are blessed in this. And he immediately talks to Peter about the change in Peter's identity. He immediately talks to Peter about a change in his identity. You're not just Simon, son of Jonah, fisherman's son anymore. You are a piece of a movable, usable piece of the same material, Jesus is the Christ, that is the bedrock upon which I'm going to build. Does this make sense to you? All of a sudden, Peter becomes, something happens in Peter that Jesus recognizes and describes this way. There's a change in who he is. Why? Because he received revelation from the Father. Because he received revelation, and we see this over and over and over. We'll probably look at a few scriptures this morning. We are changed when we receive revelation of an aspect of God's nature. There's always an impact in our hearts, an inward impact. It's not just, oh, I know something I didn't know before. It's When it's revelation from the Spirit, it changes who we are at the core of our being. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. And And so... He names Peter this way, and he goes on, so he he gives him an identity lesson there in who he is. And then he goes on in verse 19, he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Again, that's a plural you, all right? I will give you, disciples, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, uh, this translation says, will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be uh, loosed in heaven. Actually, the way that should read, and most translations read that way, is: "You will bind on earth what is already bound in heaven. You will loose on earth what is already loosed in heaven." It is that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Idea, and he's giving us an authority. Keys are authority, and they are access. Okay, if you have if you have a key to this building, and I think just about everybody in town does. Uh, if if you ever need to get in, and just find you know if somebody goes by on the sidewalk, just ask them. They probably have a key at this point. Um, we're big security people here. Uh, if you have a key, then you have access to the kingdom. If you have a key, that's because you've been given authority to have access to come into someplace. So it represents both of those. So so Peter has this revelation. He speaks it. Jesus immediately talks to him about what it's done in his identity and the change that it's bringing in his life and his role, I guess I would say. And then he talks about what it's going to produce, what it's going to bring about as people grab hold of that revelation. This is just one revelation, a big one. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Probably most of you remember when you got that revelation. I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing. I don't know the date exactly. I know what the year was. I don't you know, I don't remember that, but but I know exactly where I was sitting. I know exactly what I was reading in the scripture at the time that revelation went off in my heart and I knew Jesus is real because I wasn't sure about that at that time in my life. Jesus is alive. And the most amazing thing was Jesus is right here. <laughs> and so it was like, okay, you you yield. This is what you do when God walks into the room you bow, you yield, you give your life. And so that's what I did at that moment. But every time we receive a revelation from the Father, our lives are changed. More things are opened up to us. We are changed at the very core of our being. Uh, We talked last week out of, or a few weeks ago, out of John 15, 15, you can just write that down, where Jesus said, I don't call you servants anymore. Remember that? Uh, Servant doesn't know what his master's doing, but I've called you friends. All things I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. And that term made known means to unfold divine things that can't be discerned by the senses alone. To unfold divine things, spiritual realities that can't be discerned by the senses alone. It means to impress something upon the heart or the mind. So Jesus brought this, um, there's, a, there's terminology in the scripture again, and hopefully, maybe next week we'll get to some of it. Uh, it talks about, there's a term that we, we generally pull out, this idea of revelation, knowledge, and it is God's knowledge or wisdom that is uncovered by the Holy Spirit and shown to the human spirit. It is a knowledge that comes from God, It doesn't come from research. It doesn't come from human experience. Not that there aren't. You can be going through an experience and God bring revelation. But the experience itself isn't the revelation. The revelation is knowledge that comes from God. It is something that the spirit imparts to your spirit. Uh, It doesn't come from research. It doesn't come from human experience or human reasoning alone. Let me read these verses to you. And I don't have most of these on the screen. In fact, we may not get back to anything that I have on the screen at this point this morning. Romans chapter 8 verses 6 and 7 from the Amplified Bible. Romans chapter 8 verses 6 and 7 tells us this. It says, now the mind of the flesh, all right, that's the natural mind, our intellect, which God gave us. You get it? It's not, your intellect is not bad, It's good if people use their intellect, okay? Uh, It's not bad, but the mind of the flesh, and that would mean, that's talking about a mind dominated by the flesh rather than dominated by the spirit, okay? So our thinking being dominated by the old man, the natural man, the world system, that kind of thing, the mind of the flesh, the Amplified says, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit is death. The mind of the flesh is described as sense and reason. We like reason, right? Do you like reason? Yeah. It's good to reason. But we're supposed to reason with the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be, why? Because God thinks completely differently than we do. He sees our lives completely differently than we do. He sees life. He sees events. He sees history. He sees the future. He sees all these things from a completely different perspective and understanding than we do. So as we reason, the encouragement here is bring the Holy Spirit into it. Let him show you. How many things in the scripture? I mean, it is it is an upside down kingdom. It is, uh, you know, lay down your life and you will gain real life. It is, give things away and you'll receive more. It, there are all these things we can point to that are totally contrary to the world's system. All right, so the mind of the flesh would do it the world's way. It would do it in a self-centered way. It will do it just for what's good for me. And that is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. The scripture says that's death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. The mind of the Spirit is life and peace. Peace in the midst of the storm. Peace in the midst of turmoil. Peace in the midst of the biggest mess you or I could make of our lives comes with the mind of the Spirit. And, you, and some, somebody's sitting there thinking, well, that's great, you know, if I had the mind of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.16, read the whole chapter. It's, it's the best chapter in the Bible this morning, okay? There <laughs> might be a different one next week. 1 Corinthians 2.16 tells us that we have the mind of Christ. The Amplified says something like, we hold, we have and we hold his very thoughts and intentions. How can that be? Because his spirit lives in you. We just haven't trained ourselves. We don't know. We grew, all of us grew up using this only to think. Not letting the spirit illuminate our minds. The spirit change the way we think. The Spirit reveal God's thoughts and hearts to us. But that's a great scripture for you to take hold of. It's true. Whether you feel like it or not today, it's true for you. If you've given your life to Jesus, you have the mind of Christ. I would stick the word available in there, okay? Because none of us function there all the time. Nevertheless, it's there for us. So when revelation comes to us, Let's go over to, uh, let's just bounce to a couple of scriptures and and then I'll give you a little list and we'll be done. Uh, let's go to 1 John chapter 3. I don't have any of these up on the screen for you. These just kind of, when I was driving into town this morning, these just kept coming. and So we'll go there. 1 John chapter 3. And I'm going to begin in verse 2. We're going to read verse 2, I guess. It says, Dear friends, now we are Children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. I don't know how there could be anything more than being children of God. I don't, I don't, you know. But whatever it is, it hasn't been made known. It's, the Bible uses the term mystery. It's something that has not yet been revealed, okay? But that passage by itself could make your whole week. We are children of God and God has even more for us. You know, what that is, we don't know. It says, but we know that when he appears, or some of your translations say when he is revealed. Okay, when he appears. Now, now John is talking about the end times. John's talking about when Jesus comes back. That's what John's talking about. But let's pull the principle out of this. When he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's what happened to Peter. That's what happened to Peter. Jesus revealed himself, the Father revealed Jesus to Peter, Peter became a piece of the rock. Peter became a small, detached part of the exact same material as the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, this is what happened. We are changed when we receive revelation. If you are wanting to see some aspect of your life change, and become more like God. The key to that is not in your uh, own willpower and striving within yourself. The key to that is spending time with God, spending time in connection, in worship, in the word. And as you spend that time with him, the spirit of God will reveal things to you that will transform who you are. It will change your heart. You will become a new person, that, that new that's already in there will begin to flow. I think, didn't you just talk about this last week? This is the fruitful life. This is the life of the vine and the branches. We're drawing life from him. We're not just learning about the vine. We're not just learning about the tree. We're branches of the tree. We're of the same material as the tree. And we are we have been made such that the life in the tree can flow through us and produce Fruit and it is it's a great um, it's a great definition of what fruit is that word karpos, in the New Testament It means the outward and visible manifestation of life working inwardly and invisible. the character of the fruit demonstrates the character or the nature of the life that's producing it, so we can produce good fruit we can produce bad fruit this is the this is the life this is the Christian life. so when we have a struggle in our lives. We need to seek God, not just knowledge about how I should fix this, but I mean, that's part of it. I hope you understand what I'm saying, but, but it goes beyond that. We seek God and he imparts something to us. He reveals something of himself to us that changes us. When you see God's love for you, knowing you've never deserved it a day in your life, it changes you and suddenly you can love people more like God does. You don't become perfect but all of a sudden, you've got greater compassion. You can you get his mercy, which is new every morning to every one of us, and we all need it. His mercy comes, well, it makes me more merciful. I don't have to just sit there and think, okay, I gotta work on my mercy. I gotta try and be nice. <laughs> None of these people deserve it, but I've got to try and be nice, you know. You don't have to, you don't have to do any of that. You've got to soak. In revelation about his mercy. Let those scriptures soak in you. And mercy will be the product. Holiness will be the product of seeing his holiness. I could I could go on and on. I, I hope you get what we're saying there. Go over to Colossians. Just got a few minutes left here. Colossians chapter 3 verse 10. I don't know why I do notes anymore. Colossians chapter 3 verse 10. Uh, let's go to verse 9. Here's a great instruction. Do not lie to each other. Okay, okay, we'll stop doing that. Uh, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. We've taken off the old self. We're not living in the old self. We're not living in the mind of the flesh. We've taken that off and have put on the new self, get this, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator that term renewed is that it's a bible word that means continually renovated old what's renovation old things being torn down new stuff being built up all right continually renovated in knowledge in revelation knowledge as aspects of who god is are revealed to us we are renovated we are actually changed We become different people. Are you getting this? We become different people. And this is, this is, Paul says here, we're being changed, transformed, transfigured into the image of the creator, of the one who created that new person. We are becoming. More like him. Go over to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I know these are familiar. I hope these are familiar verses. Let me put it that way. I'll read this one from the Amplified and then just do a little bit of explaining here. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It starts in verse 17. It says, Now where the, where the Lord is, I'm sorry. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. All right? The Lord is the Spirit. The Spirit and the Lord, they're one and the same. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage and freedom. Whatever we're in bondage to, where the Spirit of the Lord is, he brings freedom. He brings liberty. Okay, it should always be in our mind that he's bringing liberty. He's freeing me more fully In my life, and then in verse 18, here's how it reads. It reads a little different some of your translations, but just bear with me. In verse 18, it says, "And all of us, as with unveiled face, you can go back and see what that means about the Israelites walking in in their religious system, and how as long as we're walking in a religious system, uh, there's a veil that that goes over our face. I don't have time to get into that today, but with unveiled face, all right. So this is speaking of an open relationship with God. A face-to-face, open relationship with God. All of us with unfailed face, because we continued to behold now the, the amplified says, "In the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord." That, in the word of God is in brackets, not parentheses. It's not brought out of the original language. It's brought out of the context and the idea. I think it's accurate. But it's. I just want you to know that. It's not brought out of the original language. But because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror or like in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, we are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So here's what it's saying. It's telling us that as we spend time looking intently into Christ, who is the Word. So I'm okay with saying looking into the Word. All right, you can't separate Jesus from his Word. I'm not going to go there. I don't have time. People are trying to do that today. But at any rate, you we're looking into the Word, and we're looking into the Word to see the Lord. And I want you to picture yourself, though, in front of a mirror as we're looking into the Word, as we're having devotional time as we're in worship as we're in his presence and we're consuming it and drawing on it as all of those things as we're looking to see who he is this morning it's pretty scary this morning i went to more scary than usual went to the mirror it's like oh my gosh i can't believe that you know but but when i'm looking in that mirror we're looking in the word okay we're looking in the word what do we see we see christ we see christ in the word but this scripture says we see us in the word. It's a mirror. Do you see yourself? I see myself when I look in the mirror. Do you see yourself? Okay, good. I'm not the only one. That's what the scripture is telling us. We see Christ and we see us. Because when we see Christ, we become like him. When we see Christ, we are changed to be more like him. He... Pours out this glory. This glory is the essence of who God is. And He pours this out, and as it impacts us, we receive that glory and we begin to shine with His glory. Is this making sense to you? This is just another verse. It tells us as we look into Him and as He reveals Himself, our image changes to be like His image. All right? So, and all of that happens. By the Spirit of God. And it is how he brings liberty to us. You give me like three more minutes here. Doesn't matter. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just going to read these. Not going to teach on them. I just want you to get this uh, this week. These are just some characteristics of revelation knowledge. It's knowledge that is revealed by the Holy Spirit to the human spirit. We talked about that a little bit. Revelation knowledge is received relationally. Not intellectually, as would be the case with something you just learned from a book. Okay, it's not book learning. It's 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 personal, it's interactive. We receive it by relationship with the Lord through the Holy Spirit. Revelation does not just provide information about God or His will or whatever, it provides transformation. All right, we are changed when He is revealed. All right, a couple more. Revelation knowledge is experiential. that okay, doesn't that means that it is received from God and His Word, but there's a there's a tangible inward experience with the Holy Spirit a light bulb goes off on the inside. Something comes up from your spirit and illuminates your mind, but but it's not the result of your logical thought process. Uh, You know, one plus one plus one plus one, and you get to this conclusion. It's not the result of that. You might be doing that. You might be seeking God. You might be praying, but suddenly a bubble, this is how I, I try, it feels like a bubble to me, rises up on the inside and you know something that you didn't know before. You know something about the Lord, you know something you're supposed to do, you know something that needs to change, you know something that's going to change. And so you don't have to approach it the way you were going to approach it because you know what, it's going to change. That isn't going to happen or that is going to happen. And so I can just be at peace and walk along with God and I don't have to approach that thing the way I'd planned on approaching it because you know what, it's not going to end up that way. You know, it could be any number of different things, but revelation rises up from the Spirit. It has the power to set us free, to bring liberty from any kind of bondage, habit, substance, lifestyle, whatever it might be, it brings power to change. It brings power to change. Now, I want to dive into more of that next week. Hopefully, uh, we'll have time to do that. But I, my whole, I think the Lord's whole point in this little series is for us to be a people who hunger to know him more and to continually be changed by revelation from him not to be satisfied with just little programs just little one two threes but to know him and to know his heart and and just to I guess to get better at tapping into that mind of Christ that's already on the inside of us all right let's stand up and pray today and we'll be dismissed thank you Lord thank you father father i'm just so thankful you are so good to us and the fact that you have called us into this kind of life is absolutely an amazing thing lord and i pray for everybody in this room today lord that we would be wide open to everything you have provided for us in the person of the holy spirit we would be wide open to the gifts of the spirit We would be wide open to revelation that he would bring direction, guidance, instruction. Father, that our hearts would be such that we just we want to we want to be changed. We want to be challenged where we need to be challenged. We want to be transformed where we need to be transformed. Lord, we are yielded to what you are doing in us by your spirit. And any way that you want to use us in our everyday lives out there in the community to carry your word, to carry your presence, to carry your life. Lord, we are open to it. We hunger for it. We desire it. We are your people. We are your children. We are your church. And so, Lord, we go out into this community this week expecting to have opportunities to bring your life to others. And Father, we're asking you to give us great boldness. Help us, Lord, to be bold, not to be jerks, to be bold, Lord, and to speak your word, to pray for people that we see, Lord, whatever it might be that you want to do. Lord, use us any way you want to use us. And we thank you for all of that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? All right. We're going to say on the count of three, Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. We're going to be dismissed. I know there's a lot of goodies out there, so you can hang around and fellowship a while and snack a while and uh, enjoy yourselves. All right, let's say it. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen.